welcome back to the Last Call Podcast. My name is Jamal, and I'm joined 800 kilometers away by betting guru, guru, Ashley Hetherington. Sometimes it's it's difficult to be humble. This is one of those times. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's not about to be very difficult for you right now. How we feel? I, I'm drawn to a quote by one of my personal idols, Mr. Jeremy Clarkson. All I can say in this moment is that sometimes my genius, it's almost frightening. <laughs> Explain. That's, why that's why right. are betting off top? Ladies and gentlemen, as guaranteed to you last week, assured by yours truly, told to take the second mortgage out, the multi has succeeded. We gonna celebrate. Yeah. Come on now. The multi got up. And not just any multi. A multi that could turn thousandaires into millionaires. Millionaires into billionaires. And billionaires into Elon Musk. <laughs> The multi got up at $13.05. Tell them. Not since Bitcoin rose from the dust of a dollar to $61,000 each. Has such an underdog come in, but yours truly picked four winners amounting to over $13 and personally guaranteeing the financial future of all three of our listeners. Just imagine being one of the three listeners and like just being like, oh, so I'm set up for the rest of my life now. Thanks to imagine, random podcast. Imagine being a listener from the start. You back the multi every single week. You get to episode 20. You're broke. You've sunk all your money into the multi. You've got $1,000 left. You can feed your family. You can pay the mortgage. Or you can take one last punt on the multi. You make the right decision. You take the second mortgage. You put everything on the multi. The Melbourne Storm, never in doubt, have not lost a first round match since 2001. Jesus. The Melbourne City, never in doubt, playing the spuds from MacArthur. Fair, very fair. I put my house yeah. on that. If the past month and a half have taught us anything, it's that the England cricket team cannot lose when they play cricket in India. And then you get to Sunday afternoon, Australian time. Fight night. Juan Francisco Estrada fighting Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez in a rematch eight or nine years in the making in which Chocolatito won the first Estrada's been waiting all these years for revenge. I'm out like absolute madmen. No KOs, just absolute punches thrown, flurry of punches. Alistair Lynch, Daryl Wakeland style. Judge, judges can't split them. Most judges on Twitter have Chocolatito winning just. Your heart's in your mouth. Everything's going wrong. We go to the judges. The first judge scores the fight. 
115 to 113 in sho- in Chocolatito's favor. Odds are stacked against you now. The second judge scores the fight 117 to 111 for Estrada. And the third judge confirms that it was a very close fight, 115 to 113, but in Estrada's favor this time. Winner by split decision and savior of the multi, Juan Francisco Estrada, you are the multi icon. A legend. A legend of the game. Thank Thank you. I believe we've got up. Thank you. Thank you. That is all I have to say. I am retiring from the podcast. Good night (laughs) and goodbye. Adios. (laughs) For those listening, (laughs) Ash has actually left the Zoom call. Um, so now, now I'm just, uh, talking to myself and hopefully he rejoins soon, but (laughs) he's actually retired from the podcast. Um, so thank you for listening, um, to the last call podcast. This is the last podcast that we will ever do. Um, because Ash finally got the multi to get up and yeah, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week. (laughs) mate the amount of filler that i just did like a minute of thank you so much for listening to the podcast has been such a wonderful journey (laughs) uh that that is the feedback that we've had from our listener there needs to be more emotional heft i thought you said listener feedback just retire (laughs) just go away yeah 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 why do you think there's only one person that still listens to you I know I'm your gra- I know I'm your grandma, but even I can't put up with it anymore. Yeah, that's fair. Well, grandma, you don't have to listen. Um, I'm gonna s- spring a surprise segment on you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Welcome to Spit or Swallow. Horn camp. Welcome to Spit or Swallow. <laughs> I understood one word in the entire German commentary. It was Horn camp. Correct. So, uh, Mr. Jay Hornkamp, on the score sheet this week for FC Den Bosch with a 40-second-minute goal to help them to a 2-1 win versus Yong Ajax. We can't have a segment called Spit or Swallow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's disgusting. It makes me feel ill. just leaves a salty taste in my mouth. Oh, good God. <laughs> yeah, he's done it. Got uh, him. And then that is uh, <laughs> Mr. Horncamp update for the week. Expect more Horncamp updates in the future. Come again. And uh, and he will be uh, coming again. Should we? <laughs> Should we talk some footy? Uh, I think we better talk anything else. Oh, yeah. Look at this. Doesn't that take if you back? It, if this isn't Channel 10 AFL Grand Final vibes, I don't know what is. Oh, mate, absolutely. 2005, 2006, yeah. 2006, seeing that song leading into the montage of Leo Barry. Iconic. Gin is wild. 
buddy, back. Buddy, he's back this week. How are we feeling? Are we excited? I didn't actually know it was starting this week. Yeah. I thought it didn't start until the, the penultimate week of April. So that's a nice surprise for me. Um, haven't really prepared anything. I had I had 45 minutes to do on Horn Camp, but um, I guess we can get into <laughs> footy. Mate, we can bring back the Horn Camp sting. Well, I mean, it wasn't just Horn Camp. I've been really delving into my Dutch uh, second division. It is a very competitive league at the moment. Soccer, it is indeed. Um, actually, while I'm on that, something that the listeners have been clamoring for in large numbers, I know. Do we have any updates on the um, second division? Was it an African team where the guy's parents? Oh, yeah, old mate. Bought, bought, bought the team and made him the chairman and put him in the team? Uh, they lost 3 0 last week. He played oh, no. 90 minutes. Oh, no. What a surprise. Who could have seen that coming? Um, well, in, in the lack of any horn camp. Uh, Slash South African second division. South <laughs> African second division. I guess we can talk footy. I mean, I'm not really prepared for it. Ah, oh, mate. Are we ever prepared for any of the podcasts? Is this not? That's a good point. Can I throw something out there, though? Yeah, of course. Would you be able to talk reasonably confidently about the um, Brazilian Women's Handball League? Uh, not as good as you. We really need to get on the same page as what we prepare for. Uh, see, I I'm prepared the... for the Yugoslavian Handball Esports. You're kidding. So did I. What did you think? <laughs> Um, EA Sports only just launched their handball title. Um, so it, it's very difficult to master. I think um, East Germany uh, are the, the ones that have really got on top of it, but the, the people refuse to recognise them anymore. For, so Yugoslavia is the premier competition. Yeah, no, East Germany a bit stiff, but they did say it was a bit hard to get over the wall. Well, that, that's just, that's, that's just, that's, <laughs> I don't know why you've taken this serious sports podcast into a, a slightly comedic or even political direction. I think you're starting, I think you're starting to take the piss. Take the piss on the last call. Never. Well, I, I guess I will out of protest. I'm now not doing the top 10 USSR sporting moments. Oh, what would be number one? They win a World Cup. Uh, I really couldn't tell you. Ah, well, probably not then if it's not near top ten. <laughs> You'll uh, never know. I mean, I could tell you, but I won't tell you is what I mean. Ah, uh, go on, mate. Hey, give us no, your no. top ten USSR. Don't think you're ScoMo. You can't get out of a protest by saying, "Oh, come on." Go on, mate. No, I'm doing a regular. Big, big politician vibes. Like, nah, go on. Go, go no, mate, no. Why? You've burned. You've burned your chance. That's all right. I'm sure I'll make an appearance. Um, fuck, footy. That's what we're doing. <laughs> uh, regular Thursday night starter for the season. Richmond Carlton. How do you feel, Richmond Carlton? Just as a an opener. Are we sick of it yet? No, I like it. Um, I like all these sort of traditional blockbuster games, maybe speaking from bias because we have 
Essendon have more than most mm. and probably haven't been deserving of most of them for years. But I think um, these sorts of games, they always attract big crowds, which is key, especially for the first game of the year. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, there's palpable excitement. I think it's great. I think all the blockbusters are great. I think the Richmond-Carlton blockbuster is fantastic. I think Essendon-Collingwood is the best footy day on the calendar, even including the grand final. Um, simply because there's 100,000 people there still, but they're all footy fans. Yeah, yeah. And the, the minutes... Seeing the MCG full go from very, very loud to dead silent for a minute is, I think, the most extraordinary moment I've ever been a part of and ever witnessed. Mm. Um, it's just something that has never been topped in my experience. And um, uh, I haven't been to a Essendon Collingwood game, but they do sound off jobs. <clears throat> if nothing, yeah, just literally atmosphere alone. Yeah, but also like dream time at the G. I love that. Essendon, Richmond, it's great. Um, Queen's birthday, Collingwood, Melbourne. Easter Monday, Hawthorne, Geelong. I think they're all really good blockbuster games that you need to pencil in and look forward to. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, can Carlton win this game? Um, I think if you had asked me a couple of weeks ago, I might have said maybe but I'm a lot less bullish on them now. And I think just analyzing their sort of injury list, I can see why I'm less bullish on them. It is piling up. Um, they, did... they, they they don't have a forward line. They lost someone this morning to concussion. I can't remember what. Carlton? Yeah. Uh... Did they... I know St. Kilda did. Yeah. Can we talk about that for a second? Max King gets hit by a golf ball. I didn't know you were out in the links that day, mate. Uh, I was just, no, you know, that wasn't me because he didn't get hit in the ankle. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a um, burner. But yeah, he, if he, have you heard the story? He wasn't standing down the fairway. He was literally at right angles and the bloke has sliced it that badly off the tee that it's gone at right angles and hit him in the temple. Mate, I've done that before. I reckon I've done that. It was, it was real you and I vibes. Yeah, that's teeing off on uh, the first hole at Bunningham and somehow getting it two greens parallel yeah. to the one that we're on right now. Getting a hole in one on the 18th <laughs> yeah. from the first tee. Um, so he's due to miss, what, two matches due to concussion protocol? Yeah, 12 days. So, oh. yeah, no, one match, one match. I will back that too. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Freak accident. Freak accident, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's one of those ones that people are going to say, yeah, great rule, great rule, and probably overall is a great rule, but it's going to blow up and cost somebody in a really important situation. Somebody's going to get... You can just see it happening now. A really important player, a Paddy Dangerfield or a, um, a Connor Rosier or a Travis Boak is going to get hit in the head in a prelim final. Mm-hmm. Going to be a little bit dazed and ruled out with concussion for the rest of the game, wake up the next day, be absolutely fine, show no symptoms at all yeah. and be ruled out of a grand final. Yeah. Um, I, I do like how um, you listed Paddy Dangerfield, one of the better players of this decade, Travis Boke, a great player and Connor Rosie, a rookie. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, 
I was just thinking about like so, some of the most important players for those clubs on their day. Probably, yeah. Like I think, plug. yeah, Connor Rosie could kick four or five from the midfield and just really ignite. And I think with the addition of um, Orazio Fantasia into that Port Adelaide forward line, that uh, um, Rosie will probably play a lot more midfield time this year. Yeah, which could really add to Port Adelaide's chances, I think. But um, yeah, I think my point remains that it is probably a great rule, but I think, and something that may need to be tweaked going forward is if we're going to have that 12-day blanket rule, um, and I, I'm actually not sure what the exact protocol is now, but I assume it's if the doctors rule that you've got concussion symptoms in the game, yeah, then that's the order, triggering of the 12 days. Whereas I would say probably in that heat of the moment where it's like a two minutes or 20 minute split decision, it's probably too quick to properly rule if you've got concussion to rule you out for two weeks. Uh, yeah, I think it should be like the day after. Yeah, so I think, and it, look, it very well could be, but the, from what I've heard and what I've read, I don't think that's what it is. Yeah. I think if you get ruled out of a game with concussion symptoms, like in that 20 minute concussion window that has been in, around for the last couple of years that it's automatic 12 days and i think that'll probably trigger some problems because doctors do get it wrong physios get it wrong like they analyze people in game and say yep you've probably torn your acl and they're playing next week yeah and well that's one of those things where it's just like their job is to kind of uh, be the conservative point of view just because if they get it wrong um a la I know the doctor probably couldn't tell, but uh, Dipper in the 89 grand final where he's just like, oh, you've probably just bruised your chest and you need a punctured lung and a broken rib. Like, yeah, And it, it, it probably behooves a doctor to be conservative and you wouldn't want it any other way. But um, you also don't want it that doctors are torn between, especially club doctors who obviously have deep support for those players and the club yeah. are torn between doing their upholding their medical responsibilities and doing their job and protecting the player and saying, well, we don't want to be too hasty with it because if we get it wrong, then it could really fuck up the season. Yeah. Um, no, that's 100%. Um, right. So what, what are we up to? Uh, so no, we're, we're still at Richmond Carlton. I think we are. Um, Richmond Carlton. Um, yeah. I think Carlton with obviously Charlie Kerner is going to be out for most of the year. Um, Casbolt is unlikely. Mitch McGovern won't play. Eddie Betts is unlikely. I just can't see them kicking enough goals to beat Richmond. Yeah, no, and uh, like I guess you could argue the shortened preseason, but it wasn't shortened by that much. Um, and yeah, at the end of the day, Richmond don't have that many life-changing outs. Um, Mrs. Yeah. Hardwick. <laughs> New one on the way in though. They were they really did a, one for one swap. I think she's referred to as Ms. Miss Hardwick, given her age. Oh, oh. Um uh, retired, hasn't he? Did he? I, I thought he did. Um I thought he was just out for the game. Oh, maybe. No, maybe he hasn't retired. Maybe I've gone premature on Basher. Sorry. Um, gone. Yeah, no, that's quite... Po- yeah, but he's not going to play at least. I, I saw that. Um, 
but yeah, no, I think Richmond win and win comfortably, probably. Yeah. No, I think it'll be similar to last year where the Blues did take it to Richmond um, at the like three quarters in, and then Richmond were just like, all right, time to win this yeah. game. They ended yeah. Up yeah. Gold. So yep. Yeah. They did. One of those ones. Um, but we'll see if Paddy Cripps can um, have a Herculean effort and, you know, drag him to a win. But yeah, unlikely. Um, so probably Richmond. Probably Richmond, I think, comfortably. Yeah, uh, I reckon they yeah, four goals. Um, yeah, four four goals for Richmond. Uh, yep. Collingwood, Western Bulldogs. I'm very excited for this game. The Trelaw Cup. Adam Trelaw revenge game. Um, Atu Bossa Bossman revenge game. What's his name? Oh, okay. Did he get traded to North or did he get traded to the Bulldogs? I'm pretty sure he got traded to the Bulldogs. Oh, Suvlaki. Yes, that that gentleman. Yeah, uh, no, he, I, I like him, Mr. Suvlaki. Um, this, go? I think he went to North. He did go to North. Yeah. Um, this I, for I, me is a battle of a couple of sides that I think pundits as you criticized them before actually that might have been off mic but jamal's not happy with pundits oh, i'm not happy with um, media afl media cognoscenti i think too many of these pundits have thought collingwood will slide down more than i think they will and conversely i think too many of the pundits have thought the bulldogs will go up more than i think they will i am very bullish on the dogs this year no pun- see i I'm not. I, I don't think they've added that much. I mean, Trelaw, yes, he finds the ball a lot, but his disposal is genuinely horrific. Mm-hmm. Um, and Steph Martin is a, a few years past his prime, I think. I know he'll be that big body for Tim English, but I, I think English has got past him, and I think Steph Martin will um, provide quite minimal impact if English stays fit. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't see much else. Like, I don't see a lot of other improvement there. Dunkley should be the one that's primed to explode after he tried to leave and come to Essen and couldn't get the deal done. But um, by all accounts, he's, he's not really in the coach's good books. As I, I think I said it a couple of weeks ago, lots probably hinges on Libba and uh, Lockie Hunter. I think that those two are pretty troublesome, almost like the Collingwood Rat Pack of old. Um, <laughs> so if if they can sort of reclaim that 2016 form, the year they won the flag, then maybe. Yeah. But if they can't, I, I really don't see how the dogs are going to improve too much. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and what about Collingwood? How are we feeling? I'm yeah, I'm personally not too down on them. I think I did have I, slipping a bit in my ladder prediction, but, oh, I had them slipping a lot. Jesus. Yeah, I, I, I'm i slightly more bullish on Collingwood than lots of other people are, I think. Um, and I almost had this as a hot take, but I don't think it's a real hot take. I think this is the year that Dugowie really stamps himself on the comp. Mm. I know a couple of years ago, he showed that he had the potential and that he was really threatening. 
last year is probably um, a bit injury prone, a bit disappointing. But I think this year is the year he will stand up. Um, supposedly they want to play him in the midfield almost exclusively. Yeah. Um, so I think probably Dugowie will win their best and fairest if he can stay injury free. And I reckon, I think, I think they finished top eight at least, which lots of people don't have them finishing in the top eight. They have them as the big slider. No, I also do not have them in the top eight, but um, I didn't have them falling that far. Um, so, they, so they ended up seventh last year, right? I think. Uh, they were eighth. They were eight. Okay. They they snuck in because they had that draw last year, I think. Oh, they, that's right. They were eighth and they played West Coast, didn't they? Did, did they yeah, beat West Coast? No, they, they, West Coast. They beat West Coast. Yeah, they beat, yeah, so sorry. When I said finished, I take it like after the finals. Like I had oh. Richmond finishing first because they won. Oh, right. Uh, see, I have literally have never thought like that. Literally yeah. never. Okay. Um. Yeah, well, I mean, it just doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense to me that you could say last year Port Adelaide finished first. Oh, so they won it. No. It's not like the EPL where the, the team that finishes on top wins. Yes, yeah, but we all so like, you know, the finals is separate from the regular season. But yeah, um, so they finished. So, sorry, I'll rephrase it. They were in the top six sides last year, right? Because they made a semi. Yeah. Well, they didn't turn up, but they were there. They're in spirit. Yeah. Um, semi semi couldn't quite get to a hard yeah, so not bad but not great yeah they didn't perform under pressure where's that juice where, <laughs> uh um we're in lewinsky territory Woof. all right let let us move to uh saturday march the 20th oh hold on who do you have winning the game oh yeah oh well i guess we should do that um quick pick every game Really close. I think probably Bulldogs. Yeah, no, I got the Bulldogs by a couple of goals. I think Bulldogs Bulldogs to win, but I think Collingwood will finish above the Bulldogs on the ladder. Ooh. Damn. All right. What do I no. No, I think the Bulldogs will finish just above Collingwood on the ladder. I take it back. Yeah, right. I think I think they'll be neck and neck, and I think it'll be really close. And I wouldn't be surprised if Collingwood wins. Um, if it's dry, all right. I'll, actually, I'll change. If it's dry and still, Collingwood win. If it's windy and or wet, the Bulldogs. No, he's got weather provisions in. Weather provisions, yeah, because Collingwood's one of Collingwood's only sources to goal is Mason Cox. And unless it is Etihad style conditions, he is as good as a potato. Yeah, it's seventeen on eighteen if it's mildly damp. Um, yeah, both of the team. So, no fair shout. I'm yeah. I'll we'll talk about it later with our hot takes. But I'm very bullish on the dogs. Um, so I think they'll win. I'd, yeah, as I said, I don't think Collingwood will be as bad as the uh, hundred tree is suggesting, but. Um, yeah, the punditry. Big punditry. Oh, you're going to hear so many cliches in the next couple of weeks of just, you know, pundits and biggest falls and slides and all this shit. It's going to get tropey. Um, now, Saturday, March 20, 1.45 p.m. We love an early game. Melbourne Fremantle. 
cool. <laughs> upset alert. Who's the upset? I'm tipping I'm tipping Freo. I'll say to me that they're actually quite uh comparable teams. I actually quite rate Freo, even though I actually don't have them that high. Um in oh, I actually have them very low on my ladder, but yeah, Melbourne aren't that good. Yeah, well, again, the punditry seem to think they might be. Yeah, well, I am anti-punditry on this one. Um, but that being said, it is in Melbourne. Um, so do with that what you will. Yeah, how's this going to work? Because do, do people have to still have to quarantine between states anymore? Uh, as of today, no. Yeah. Perth have finally opened it as of today, but there's a new case in Brisbane, new case in Sydney. So, yeah, look, probably. Right. And so, oh, God. Do you reckon there'll be any games postponed? Um, yeah, it may. Oh, I don't know. It's impossible to say. That's true. All the uh, ministers have a mind of their own. But Melbourne finished ninth last year, I believe. In the uh, regular season, another just mid-season, I guess. Um, I don't know. I, I, honestly, like Melbourne on paper have quite a decent team, um, but like I swear they just under—they've been underperforming since like what, 2006. I feel like what was that David Neitz year? <laughs> yeah, David Neitz, Robbo, Jose, yeah. Wiz. Jeff Farmer, um, yeah, that was solid, but yeah, no, it's just you know, this is this is the game that I'll probably give a miss on Saturday because I know it's the first game, but I'm not that thirsty for footy. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just it just doesn't seem appealing. I feel like it's just going to be a pretty uh, low standard game of footy. Um, although I'm excited to see um, Nat Five, I just I might just turn it on just for Nat Five because he is just that good of a player. Um, he really is. He's just about my favorite player. When while Buddy's injured, I think Five is my favorite player. Yeah, when fit in firing, he's probably top two in the comp. But the thing is, he's I swear he's played like two out of the last four seasons just because um, he can't keep himself on the park, but. And, and genuinely, it's one of those things, it's funny to say because AFL is such a team sport because there's 22 players. Like, basketball is different because there's five. And, you know, LeBron James can drag a team to, you know, eight straight finals. But Nat Five can genuinely make Fremantle competitive anytime he's on the field. Yeah, he is that good just by himself. Yeah, which is, you know, it's, that's, that's quite rare. Um, but yeah, I've, I've probably got, I think I've got Freya winning this game. Oh yeah. Fuck it. Until uh, I think it's going to be one of those things until Melbourne prove me. Otherwise I'll just tip the other team. (laughs) Um, that being said, they'll probably end up winning this game. Fucking 400 to none. Just cause I said that. Um, your tip for the match, because I think we've talked too long on Melbourne Frio. 
Yeah, Frio, I think, in what I would deem an upset, and most people would deem an upset. But that's right. It honestly depends on your perception of you know the team because I'm just quite down on Melbourne usually, and maybe that's just as a whole. But like, you know, match to match, maybe it's different. But yeah, no fair, fair upset shout. Moving to the four thirty-five slot, we have Adelaide v Geelong in Adelaide. Over under fifty point win for Geelong. Under, under. Yeah, I yeah, I don't think Adelaide will be as bad as people expect. I, in the long run, I think they will be very, very bad. Um, but like th- that's the thing, Geelong famously take quite a while to warm up because I think they started. Well, they start last year. I think they were so like... Oh, they, they got beat by JWS in the first round. Yeah, they were two and three and then finished fourth, I think. No, like, they, mm. they usually kick, uh, kick in about Easter Monday. <laughs> That's usually when they turn on the gas and then Dangerfield yeah, was... kicks eight and has 40 touches. Yeah, that's the first year game they care about. Yeah, ah, it is. Um, that's fine, but... Yeah, Geelong um, primed for a premiership push this year. Got their all their new toys, albeit old. Yeah, all their um, proven toys. Yeah, you know, the, the classics, the blue chip toys. We're talking Legos. We're talking race cars. None of this new fang-dangled drone bullshit. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Tomahawk and Jeremy Cameron in the same forward line. Very, very tasty. Oh my Indeed. God. Indeed. Sorry. I'm just watching, the, <laughs> uh, watching the A-League and Wellington scored a 95th minute winner to, uh, winner minute equalizer at four, 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 four. Wow, I, I'm flabbergasted by that. Yeah, uh, well, it, it's one of those, to, who cares? To, to quote AFL 360's greatest drunk, flabbergasted by that comment. Yeah, on your combo. Um, and now for the, the showdown of all showdowns. Uh, uh, I'll say I'm tipping you along to win this game. Uh, yeah, no, I'll probably take Geelong as well. Yeah, no, fair shout. Yes, um, for the main event, the grand final preview. Seven- Sydney and Brisbane. <laughs> 7.25 at Marvel Stadium. Essendon v Hawthorne. Um, we'll probably go a bit more in depth on this this game just because they're both our teams. How are we feeling on the Essendon side? Oh, I really don't know. I... Um... <sighs> I would really like to hope we will win. But I, and to be honest, I think we will win. Mm. But I can see myself looking stupid Saturday night. We get beat by five goals and it's, well, um, we're going to have a really, really young side. We're the third most inexperienced list in the comp. We're going to, it's going to be the baby bombers at 18 years on. Mm. 
I just really don't know. Our um our back lines and forward lines look pretty thin on paper, but on paper I think our midfield looks pretty strong. Yeah. Is having uh, having having said that, if Tom Mitchell plays, Mitchell and Jaeger could beat us by themselves. Yeah, Mitch looks like he's gonna play. Um he made through both the um scrimmages during the week. So he's set for a return to the lineup. Uh Cozzy and Brockman look like they're gonna get a run out um based on their very impressive preseason. Um and yeah, I'm excited for you know, kids to play. And they said Tim O'Brien's probably going to get a miss. So that's what excites me the most. <laughs> um, are your first round draft picks, any of them going to make their debut? I believe all three of them will. It, it's looking like Essendon might have five first time Essendon players. Uh, five players play that have never played an AFL game. And Possibly seven players that have never played for Essendon before. Um, so, yeah, Archie Perkins and uh, Nick Nick Cox, Nick Cox, yeah, uh, almost certainties. They've played both the preseason games um, and look like they'll play. Zach Reed didn't look like he was going to play, but James Stewart, who was playing center half back is out for 10 weeks with a, a hamstring. Ouch. Um, so it looks like Zach Reed might get his chance after all, despite yep. not playing in either of the preseason games. Um, Harry Jones looks like he'll debut in the forward line, uh, probably in the forward pocket. Um, Alec Waterman looks like he may also debut, I would think. Yeah. Was on the West Coast list, showed a lot of promise, got glandular fever. Um, lost a lot of weight, didn't really do anything for two years and got uh, cut. And then I would say Peter Wright from the Gold Coast and young Jai Caldwell, ex-GWS, will also play. Yeah. Jeez, that's a lot so of new players. It is. That's a third of the team that has never played for Essendon before. Yeah, that's... Uh, well, I feel like if Essendon are going to do anything with this season, which I'm not particularly bullish on... Um, they're probably going to have to warm up and warm like to the team cohesion. Cause otherwise, yeah, I feel like this first match might be a bit all over the, sh- not all over the shop, but um, just uh, rusty, I guess. By warm up, do you mean like go out 20 minutes before the game and just like sort of get loose and have yeah, a kick have, around or you know, just have a stretch and go on a downward dog. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I get what you, I get what you mean, but I almost think the complete opposite. I think the only thing that could possibly like work in our favor, just judging by the well, the Geelong game and half the Carlton game that I saw, it finally appears like Essendon have a clear game plan and structure and direction. The players know what Ben Rutten wants, whereas for the last sort of five years, we've just been running around like headless chooks, no idea what the coach wants. Not even sure the coach knew what the coach wanted, um, yes, which is why it was so frustrating because it just looked like, well, we've got no idea. It doesn't look like you've got any idea what is happening. Yeah. Whereas at least in that Geelong NAB, or uh, what's it called? Amy Community Series game. Um where we had 10 more shots than Geelong and just got beat. 
like obviously the result doesn't matter, but it was really encouraging to see that they looked like they knew what the coach wanted them to do. They were on board. They were all working together in cohesion mm. and trying to do it together. And I mean, for a young side that's not expected to do well, even by the most passionate supporters, that's really all you can ask, I think. Yeah, I think it's going to be good, um, a good development year if everyone can stay on the field. Um, because as you said, like if they can instill that, you know, team cohesion over a certain period and they're all growing together, then that's just, that's good, you know, team building. Like you don't need the constant in and outs and the churn because otherwise nothing gets done. Yeah. Um, three most important players if Hawthorne are to win on Saturday night. Uh, Tom Mitchell, if he if he plays, Tom Mitchell. Uh, Chad Wingard is going to miss, I believe, um, which is a big out because he had a pretty decent preseason, and he's always a chance to go for five. Um, if they stick him up forward, but apparently this year they want to split him fifty fifty in the midfield, which is exciting. Um, oh. I'm just like, all of our important players are out at the moment. Uh, big boy McAvoy, always. Literally the only Ruckman on our roster that is of any decent value. I love Jonathan Segler, but... Um, is he still playing? He's our backup Ruckman. I thought he retired in 1999. No. Um, yeah, that is a, that is a, <laughs> a point of contention with Hawthorne supporters that our backup Ruckman have been famously bad since the dawn of time. Um, and Luke Bruce, we like with such an inexperienced forward line outside, it's, it's Gunston and Bruce and then kids like Cozzy's coming in. Brockman's coming in. Um, Mitch Lewis is a kid and okay. He's very inconsistent, but it's going to be, at least for now, um, the experienced players. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I personally don't have us winning this game. I think Essendon... Essendon are probably going to be too... From what I saw in the Geelong game and the Carlton game that I watched, uh, they're going to be too fast and just hit us way harder than we expect. Yeah. I, th- I think... It probably lies in the battle of the midfields, I think. I think you've probably got the two... Well, you've probably got two of the top three midfielders on the ground for mine, I think. In uh, Jay- Mitchell and, and Jager. Merit for Essendon, yeah. Yeah, I think probably Mitchell, Zach, and then Jager. Um, but I think below Mitchell and Jager, I think our depth is probably a bit better. Um, yeah, we've got, yeah. Well, that's the thing. All of our, we don't have much experience in the midfield anymore. Like it used to be 15 years of Mitchell Lewis, you know, yeah, uh, exactly. Hodge, Saul, Saul, you know, Burgle used to be in there, but now it's like Warple and, you know, Tom Phillips just got here. Yeah. I, I think the, the McGrath, Shields, Smith, um, uh, Parrish, I think that midfield, I think the depth is probably better there, but yeah, 
Um, it'll be interesting to see. I think we might just win, but with no confidence. Yeah. No, I think it'll be... Uh, honestly, this is the game that I could see literally going either way just because both teams were uh, not great last year. And, you know, we can get excited by preseason games, but, you know, it... <laughs> Throw out the form book when it comes to round one, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think this and the Friday night game between Collingwood and the Bulldogs are the two closest games of the round for mine. Yeah. No, I think that's a very, very good shout. Um, it's, it did surprise me that Hawthorne were warm favourites, I'll be honest. Warm favourites? How warm? Uh, I think $1.87. Well, that's in like two. Uh, no. Yeah, two dollars fifteen Essendon are. I'm not exactly sure what Hawthorne are, but I think it's about a dollar eighty five. Yeah, dollar eighty seven. I was gonna say that's some tasty money for Essendon. Um, Chuck, I own the multi. Mate, you're talking to the betting guru. That's true. We, I'm talking to the savant. Um, the the seer, the semillion of betting. I'm not sure I'd get, say savant. I don't really think that um goes far enough. <laughs> And with that being said, we're moving on to the 7.45 slot. We are at the Gabba, Brisbane v. Sydney. Um, I'm actually quite high on Sydney this year, but Brisbane, uh, I think Brisbane will win the game, but they did lose Cameron Rayner last week to a very unfortunate ACL. Um, that is true, but they have gained, uh, I believe... On air last week, obviously not on air, not on the radio, but while we were recording the pod and Brisbane Gold Coast was happening, you may have said, oh, no, Cameron Rain has done a knee. I hope it's not an ACL. Whoops. Did I... Or maybe I said, I hope it's not an ACL. I believe the letters ACL were mentioned and then it was an ACL, which is why you distraughtly messaged me the next day and said it was an ACL. I was, I'd, I did see... AFL Instagram posted 36 seconds ago. Poor Lion out for a year. I was like, oh, no, it's happened. Um, <laughs> I was so hoping it was Danaher. <laughs> now that's just mean. Um, yeah, Brisbane backing up a very good year last year. Um, looking to start off strong at home. I think they'll get it done. Yep, I think Brisbane win by over 10 goals. Over? T- Jesus Christ. I don't know, yep. over 10 goals. I was thinking like five. Um, I think Brisbane well, comfortably the over best. Over 10 goals would be over five goals, so we could both be right. I mean, that's that's true, but like what if it's seven? Then I'm – then we're, neither of us are right. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Brisbane probably comfortably the better team here. Sydney, I think, will um, take some time to get into form. I'm actually quite high on them this year just because – um, really? Yeah, I've. I'll. You'll see when we get to the ladder. Um, but I don't think they can be as bad as last year. Like they can, obviously, but I just think they have the talent to be a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Brisbane by you know forty-two points. Forty. Yeah, forty-two meters in the middle. Um, all right, well, I got nothing else to say on that just quietly. Sunday, March 21, we're back at Marvel Stadium, North Melbourne v. Port Adelaide. Um, 
one versus 18 in my books and you guess which one's which. Uh, no, I can't pick them. Yeah. But would you like would you like hot take number four? Didn't quite make top three hot takes. Yeah, sure. North will get within two goals. Oh. I don't, don't win, hate. I don't think, but they will get within 12 points. I don't hate that take. I do think Port um, aren't that great away from home. Um, like, obviously, they finished top, but, you know, new season. Jaden Stevenson might go absolutely nuts. Kick 15, you know, do a Mark Lacroix. But, yeah. Uh, that was 12. Uh, 12, you know. I like, was there. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to remind you. Um, I think that is quite a hot take because I think Port will win comfortably. So, um, for all those betters out there, Oh, yeah. Bet of the bet of the round, North Melbourne at the line. 30 and a half points. They've only got to get within five goals north to cover the line at a dollar ninety. Wow. Playing for their new coach, Mr. David Noble. Very, very popular. I don't hate that because opening the season, I feel like everyone's a bit slow. Small yeah. ground, Marvel. Um and on also, the be, on the single best day of the year, uh, yeah, you, your birthday, I believe. It is indeed the big two three. Um, but yeah, and also like we haven't had that much scoring in the past three years, so you know North would have to literally kick like five goals to get beaten. That's gonna ch- that's gonna change this year though with the men on the mark rule combined with the longer quarters again. Yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah, that's actually true. But, you know, I'm not a fan of the man of the mark rule. We've discussed it. Um, Port to win. Oh, by, le- by less than 30 and a half points. Maybe I'll put some money on the line. Yeah. Uh, all right. You'll still be awake from the night before when that match starts. Mate, I, I work on King Street, which is just opposite from Spencer Street Station, I might finish work, have a beer, and then just walk to the game. I like it. Yeah. You'll have spent all night serving warple tequila shots. He'll <laughs> uh, have been licking licking your arm. Oh, good God. Um, and, listener, we are at three weeks of not seeing the person who um, licked my arm without consent. So. Uh, we must now come to what is... F- to me, game of the round. We are at 3.20 at Giants Stadium in New South Wales. GWS v St Kilda. A very, very tasty matchup. I think. I <laughs> um, I like St Kilda this year. Um, they are minus a king brother. Um, and their co-captain, Jaron Geary, to... A leg break, I believe. Um, yes. Um, and Rowan Marshall has done his knee. And Paddy Ryder has taken personal time off. To oh, spend yeah. With his, his uh, family and elders in the community. So did uh, Pal Pepper. So I'm glad that Pal Pepper has also, yeah. Um, the AFL and their teams are granting this sort of leave because I think uh, mental health is criminally under 
I guess, voiced in the um, community and the fact that people are still being like, oh, they get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to you know, kick a ball. What's wrong with their life? To those people, shut the fuck up. Grow up. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, it, it does, however, leave St Kilda with a significant... Um, and I'm going to use a word I've never used on the podcast before. Is it dearth? It is dearth. <laughs> a significant dearth in height stocks. It does. They're, they'll uh, be lining up at 5'11 Ruckman. Having said that, they're playing in Sydney in March, so there is a 99% chance it will piss down. Yeah, it's uh, we're <laughs> probably thunderstorms, tsunami. It, for anybody that has decided to turn on Channel 7 horse racing on a Saturday afternoon recently, like yours truly has, and decided to have a little bit of a punt, it rains every day in Sydney at this time of year. Yeah, it's wet season. If you've decided to watch some Sheffield Shield cricket or some one-day cricket in Sydney, sorry, no. She's been rained off. It will be pissing down. So I still think St Kilda at $2.25 is not a bad bet in this game against a GWS side that I think is struggling, um, has lost probably two of its best four players over the summer. Um, so what, Cameron and... Huck. Zach Williams. Jai Caldwell leave? Uh, Jai Caldwell's not in their best four, though. Yeah. Oh. And then what? You got Kelly and Green. No, I had Whitfield and Green. Ah, uh, um, uh, Toby Green elevated to vice captain this week. How mm. are we feel about that? Um, yeah, I mean he's the heart and soul of that football club. Yeah, he's a dickhead. He gets suspended sometimes, but he is a barometer. And when he really goes all out and puts it all on the line, the rest of them do. So I don't hate that at all. No, I love it. And I hope it um, pays the way for James Sicily to one day be a vice captain or captain. I've, yeah, I think I've said this before on the podcast. I think Sicily was going to be the captain this year before he got injured. Yeah. And I think he'll be captain next year. Yeah. When McAvoy retires, I think. And, that, and that's why you've got a transitional captain. <laughs> yeah. Because he would be a great captain. Um, but yes, ordinarily, I would say St Kilda win this easy. Uh, the fact that all their big guys are out probably means it's closer. Um, Mumford will be rocking for GWS. So if it's wet, maybe GWS. Um, I can't believe Mumford's still in the league. I swear he's been retired for four years. <laughs> yeah. One thing I'm sorry, I know this isn't applicable to you or anybody listening, but I'm reading the uh, fixture in PDF form downloaded from the AFL website. I ignore that button. Every um, single team is in lowercase writing other than the first letter of their names. Like just capitalize an acronym. It's just GW. GWS Giants in all caps. That's uh, poor formatting on their behalf. I can take GWS in caps, but Giants shouldn't be in caps. No, I agree. That's dumb. Um, oh, sorry. And then Suns is also in caps for the Gold Coast. 
Um, that's gross negligence on behalf of the AFL, and they will be receiving a sternly worded email on the Last Call podcast behalf. Sunday, March 21st fixture. North Melbourne versus Port Adelaide. GWS Giants versus St Kilda. West Coast <laughs> Eagles versus Gold Coast Suns. <laughs> hate to say it. You really do <laughs> hate to say it. Um, uh, did we get a tip from you for GWS St Kilda? I'm personally on St Kilda. Um, I was doing the uh, pick the Giants team before I just realised they're not that good. Um, I think the loss of Cameron and Zach, what was it, Zach Williams? And yeah. Jai Caldwell um, is quite a hit for the players that they didn't bring in. Um, Jesse Hogan really doesn't take it over the top for me. So I think St Kilda um, run out winners. This yeah, I think problems. I think St Kilda in a really close one. I really hope it's dry because I think it could be game of the round. I was going to say, if it's wet, it's going to be 40 to 45. It's going to be scrappy as fuck, um, which probably will be the case because, yeah, as you said, Sydney in March is like, you know, Indonesia in December. Or like Sydney in January. Yeah. Or February. Or December. Yeah, that's true. Um, last match of the round, West Coast Eagles at Opta Stadium versus the Gold Coast Suns. This is uh, a good game too. I personally have West Coast on the way down a bit. They're a bit older. Um, Suns are fun, exciting. They've got all the young talent in the world. Matty Rowley's back. Um, so I think this will be relatively close. Um, yeah, no, it, yeah, I don't really have much to say. Um, do you have a tip for me? I've probably got West Coast. Um, it's, it's such a unique stadium. Optus Stadium and just going to Perth, especially from um, from the Gold Coast at, as such a young team. Um, it's just one of those things where West Coast are the veteran team playing at home. They know how to win, even if it's not in the finals. <laughs> Round one, uh, no stakes. Probably, probably a couple of goal win, I reckon. I'm going to introduce another hot take. Ooh. The uh, Gold Coast Suns will get beat by over 10 goals. Ooh, that is a hot take. I'm nowhere near as bullish on the Gold Coast as a lot of people are. Yeah. Um, sophomore years are far harder than freshman years. I think Raul and Anderson and Rankin and such will find that out. Um, and I think West Coast... Uh, almost primed for one last tilt at it, I think. Hearn's about finished. Josh Kennedy's about finished. Jack Darling's on the way down. Um, I think in a similar vein to Geelong, I think West Coast will be really fired up and really going all out to try and take it this year. I love it. That's a great take. Um, yeah, no, I think, that I, I think they'll win the game. I don't think they'll win it by 10 goals, but I'll say they might just because it is at home. Like, I think it's, they have such a big advantage. 
Uh, it's not as big as it used to be when it was at Subiaco. Because that ground was huge. It's still a big, big advantage travel-wise. Like, oh, it's, a, it's a long flight. That's true, but it, uh, that goes the other way as well when they have to travel for literally half the season. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm not saying it's a, an advantage season-wise. I'm saying individual games. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, young team traveling to, you know, the West, big oval, experienced team, they'd probably just get out-muscled. Yeah, uh, I think I think West Coast will win and win strongly, and I think Josh Kennedy will kick five. Yeah, Josh Kennedy. Um, that is our preview for the uh, round one of the season. How are we going to do this next week? How are we going to fit in round one reviews and then round two previews? Uh, well, well, three three parts. Oh. Mate, this is, we're going to be recording on a Monday night for four hours. Um, or we're going to get yeah. good at speed, just absolutely fanging through them all. Um, yes. And with that, I think it is time to hit. Uh, I know exactly what time it's for. Good, because... I had forgotten to prepare for this segment, so I just had to um, grab the tool and break the in case of emergency glass that is figured you out. <laughs> oh, no. But we're not going to go with the cliched opening lines of the song that go, I like your pants around your feet and I like the dirt that's on your I knees. Think we I like the way you still say please while you're looking up at me. We're going to go a little bit further down the song. It's a B cut. Uh, it is a B cut. We're gonna. I'm g- gonna give you a whole verse just because I'm in a good jovial mood after um, the multi getting up. I love the way you pass the check, and I love the good times that you wreck. I love your lack of self-respect. While you're passed out on the deck, I love my hands around your neck. Oh, my God. And with that, the last call is out for this edition. Thank you very much for joining us for the celebratory episode. We will see you next time for your next chance to get rich.